It took us a lot of hard work to get here. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? There's nothing we can't do. Any space we get in, we kill it because we're just that much hungrier. We're that much more determined. We're that much more resourceful. We're that much more driven. The thing is, they hide these things from us and I don't blame them. This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of generational wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can't fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates, exclusive collection available at investattheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. Tweet Talk, episode 56. It's lit. Are we on the air, Tweet Talk, what it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby. And Raphael Husband. Episode Sean Merriman used to be a Charger, and he left us. I was very upset about that. He was a great uh, linebacker, um, but he still kind of sticks around. He still comes back and kind of supports the team. So it's kind of cool to see that. We're gonna make this a quick one. It's not gonna be a two-hour episode. I think we're gonna see what we can what we can cover in like a good thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes. Yeah, my bar is so swaggy. I got the Highland Park here. I got this green label, very swaggy. No Hennessy. I go to Whole Foods now. Huh? (laughs) So you got to try that Uncle Nearest whiskey. I do have to try that. I might have to ship it in because I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to find it in the stores. But I think I will have to check that out. It was weird because I ran into it um, in New Jersey. I was just just walking and I saw it at the train station, at the liquor store in the train station. I was like, whoa. (laughs) It's not cheap, but it's like 60 bucks. I was looking. I wanted to get that Dame Dash whiskey. That's what I want. I want that Desco, but you can't find that anywhere. You can't even ship it. I'm very. I'm. I'm kind of like disappointed that. It, I'm. I'm pretty sure there's some like regulations for shipping like spirits, but yeah, you got to do it brown. You got to do yeah. it brown. But I think you can get it in New York. I think there's stores in New York that have it. But I didn't know you can't I, ship it. Uh, you I need that in the office, man. I need it because it's motivation. So you said Mondays don't suck. Working Mondays for other men sucks. Yeah. Um, I just had that thought and I was like, man, it's like currency says, he's like, every day is the same to you once you touch enough loot. And it's like, when you have enough money, it doesn't really matter what day it is. And then I was thinking, I was like, man, I feel like it's not so much that the work isn't fun. It's that you got to do it for somebody else. You got to build wealth for somebody else. You got to create value for somebody else. And it's, it's so funny, like in the office, there is this like this manager lady who wasn't there for a long time. And uh, she she came back. She was like sick for like three weeks. She came back and automatically just started like wreaking havoc, like trying to pull people down, trying to tilt like people who would like progress since she was there. She was trying to like pull them down. And I felt like in certain ways, she's kind of kept me from opportunities too. And I was like, that's just more of a reason to not like working jobs because it's like, there's somebody out there who could impact your career, which impacts your money, which impacts how you provide for your family. And it's all based on like who they like. It's all politics, not based on production. It's not based on like, are you actually dope? I'm not a very political person. I'm not a very likable person. I stick to myself. I'm an introvert, which doesn't make me a social person. I focus more so on like my mindset than making people like me. And so I just realized it's like, 
you can think that like a Monday sucks, but it's like, does Monday really suck? Or is this just another day that you got to work for somebody else? And so it sucks because a lot of people, they do like what they talk about in the millionaire. Uh, that book is called millionaire fast lane where they have this exchange. It's like the five day for two day exchange. And so it's like, you have to like suffer for five days to have two days that you enjoy. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Plus also I kind of enjoy being in the office. Um, but still it's like, I just feel like it's so much more freeing when you're doing things that are for yourself and for your community and that you're going to get the bigger percentage. It's almost too obvious to work for yourself and be a business owner. The, the benefits are overwhelmingly on the positive side. The thing is, it's just not talked about, but like when you really start breaking it out, it's like, why wouldn't you want to do that? Like I I couldn't pass a job that pays $4,000 a month to my son, especially not at how old he is, but I've been able to give him $4,000 a month every month since he's been born because I have a business that does that. And so I just pass it to him. It's like, that's huge. People work their whole lives on like $4,000 a month and he is born, just existing, just getting paid. <laughs> that's uh, what they call privilege. <laughs> and that's what we're supposed to be working for. It's kind of weird when people say stuff like that. You know what I think is really weird is when people use the word privilege in a negative way and they're talking about, well, you, you had a husband or you had two parents. Like, of course you did. You did okay. You got a husband and you got a wife. But like, come on, you're not supposed to have that? Like, <laughs> it's a very, like, it's a very interesting community dynamic man it's like we glorify doing it the wrong way and then if you do it the right way then it's like there's something that we have to kind of like throw shade on you like oh you have parents that actually give a fuck it's like they always talk about how like we we always talk about like generational wealth and then we go and we like hate on people who have parents who actually like put them on and so it's like for me i feel like you hayden's just whack anyway hayden's not going to progress you I see that stuff and I get expired. I get motivated. Like I was outside and I, I saw like a Bentley and I was like, I'm going to get my Bentley. I was like, I'm going to get my stuff. I've already decided I'm getting my Tesla. That's the car I'm getting. And I was like, I don't want a Beamer. I don't want a Lexus. I don't want any of that stuff. I want to get a Tesla, a brand new Tesla. I might lease it. I might buy it, but I've decided on that. But like, then it's like, well, what can we do next? And it's just like, you got to kind of be in that environment because when it becomes real, it becomes possible. But if you've never seen it, it's like, I mean, we don't do that around here. That ain't for us. And so you got to just kind of get in that space. So I don't know. I just I just block all that all that commotion out. I'm at a point now where it's like I'm realizing that even people who do what I do aren't for me. So it's like just because y'all talk about real estate doesn't mean you're my kind of real estate investor. Doesn't mean you're my kind of business owner. Doesn't mean you're my kind of vending machine operator. Doesn't mean you're my kind of whatever. Like, wealth talk is the bare minimum. We should have been talking wealth talk. The fact that people are just now getting hip to it. I saw somebody make a post and he was, he, it was like this kid and he had like all these Jordans. And like, he was like, that's a big waste of money. And it had like a bunch of likes and retweets. And I was like, back in the day, they would have been like, it's their money. They can do what they want to do with their money. And I'm just noticing like a shift in the mindset of people. So it's like, it's great that people got there. I didn't know that it was going to come as a result of another protest, but I'm glad that we're here. Yeah, man. So you were just touching so on So you this have little... a tweet. Okay. And you said, deciding what you really want will make money decisions easier. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, oh, like they didn't grow up with money. They didn't, they didn't learn from their parents how to handle money, all that kind of stuff. And so it's understandable that they don't know how to handle money. But then they go, you go, you know, I mean, like for myself, you go, you buy the books on personal finance and try to learn. 
but then you got all these options and what do I do, what do I do? But when you decide beforehand, like, what do I want out of this? And what do I really want? It makes things easier. It makes it easier. It's like, what do I really want? Do I want to, I want to get out of this job and start my own business? So then it makes it easier to not want to go out and party. Yeah. Like, when somebody tells you, oh, spending money on a bottle is a waste of time, you're like, I don't want to hear that. But when you say, man, I can save that 250 nobody has a pressure you will tell you anything because you already made a decision. That's what you want. I feel like that's so key, and I've never looked at it that way because I'm the kind of person that's going to pop up and tell people, like, I don't need the vacations. I don't need the expensive this, expensive that. And it's not because I don't want to live. I always tell people it's because I really want to live. Like, I want to take the jet and go on a trip. I want to take the boat out, my boat, and go on a trip. I want to be able to really be wealthy, not just, like, be credit card wealthy. And so, like, people will hear me say stuff, and they don't realize we just got different wants and desires. I just want a life that's a lot higher than what people are aiming for. Even where I am now, it's like, I'm not content. I'm not out here like, let me go and live out of this and look like I got blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, I'm stacking and I'm getting more change. Like, I've never looked at it like that, but I've always known that that was the difference. Like some people are just content with finally being able to take that trip or finally being able to buy that Rolex or finally being able to buy that Benz or finally being able to get that apartment. Even the whole the house they're buying now, I was like, that's not the end all be all. We still grinding. And it's great to be able to be in that mindset, but I think that it's very important. Eric Thomas talks about it all the time. He's like, what do you want? What do you want out of your marriage? What do you want out of your job? What do you want out of your business? What do you want with your kids? What do you want out of life? And then once you find out what you want, spend the rest of your life waking up and going after it. And so you're going to run across people and you're going to seem crazy. You're going to seem out of touch. And that's not the case. I feel it's just like, Sometimes we not we might not be aiming at the same thing. Sometimes we're aiming at different things, and we gotta appreciate that and understand that as well. You always say, run your own race. Unless you decide what you really want out of life, you know what you what race you're running. Yep. Are you touching on this? Nah, skip that one. You said, um, don't have big boy money talk with non big boys. Man, you said something else. You said tax talk. You said um, something else, but I'm just gonna change it. Don't have big. I'll talk about. I'll talk about home ownership as well. Right. And I just feel like I feel like some sometimes people have opinions that they aren't qualified to have. And I just had this revelation because I was thinking I was like, man, like when you don't have big tax issues, big tax issues are scary. But I realized like I have somebody on staff who manages my books. Broke people don't have that. They out here just figuring it out themselves. And I don't, I don't feel like I pay her that much money. I pay her like 500 bucks a month and she just takes care of everything. She pays the property taxes. She is getting the bookkeeping in order. She's getting the income statements in order. She's getting all this stuff in order. It costs me 500 bucks a a month, which is going to be $6,000 a year. And if you think about it, to pay $6,000 to not pay big money is actually a tax saving. But people who operate at a low level, they see big tax issues and they start getting scared. It's like, why do you think Jeff Bezos is able to not pay taxes? Is it because Jeff Bezos is smart or is it because Jeff Bezos has the money to hire people who are smart? And that's what you do. And that's what I say, like business and investing are team sports. And it's not just on an investor level. It's on a, okay, now I have a CPA on staff. Now I have an attorney on staff. Now I have a manager on staff. That's the team team. When we really start building wealth, you got the team team. And that team team is going to make sure that your businesses are running how they're supposed to be running. I'm very big on you not having to be present for your business to be run. And that's where I'm trying to get to because I realized that like Gumroad wins because they remove your presence from being there. 
So my only presence is to market and run ads. And now I'm trying to get to the point where that does its own thing on its own. And so I, I just feel like people, they say these things and they're speaking from like a broke perspective and they don't realize that those broke comments are going to keep people broke. We need to talk about like a wealthy person's perspective on taxes and a wealthy person isn't making the decision to not be wealthy to avoid taxes, but broke people do it all the time. Broke people are like, I'm not going to work overtime because I'm going to get taxed. Broke people are like, well, I'm not going to pay this mortgage because if I pay the mortgage off, then I can't invest that money because they're so focused on investing money as opposed to creating freedom. A paid off home is freedom. You don't got to do shit anymore. You don't got to work. You don't got to listen to anybody. All you got to do is make sure you can take care of the maintenance. And that life is way different, way different. But the problem is people will come on here and they talk in theory. They don't talk in practice. They don't talk from experience. They don't talk from having been there. They talk from like, well, if I was wealthy, this is what I would do. And that's a way different conversation. You could be giving somebody misinformation because you're just speculating at that point in time. You don't really know. Get your team together. Now they start by getting uh, a profession to prepare the taxes. Get somebody yeah. that has just a regular job, get a professional to do your taxes, and go from there. It's um, a team sport. And this is what you talked about just now. You said, if I got to show up, I can't get rich. <laughs> there's, there's a quote in, uh, in the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where he talks about like, if it requires your presence, then it's not a business. And like, that's where I'm trying to get. I tell people that like getting financially successful isn't as much about the money as much as it is about what you learn from getting there. And what I learned is I make less money when I have to be present. Like I do a one-on-one consult and I talk about this all the time on here. It's like a one-on-one consult isn't just the time that I'm on that consult. It's also the time that I have to kind of start throttling down everything that I'm doing to make sure that I'm there for that consult. And it's also sometimes the consults run long, all that stuff. And so my energy in that hour could have been spent finding deals, could have been spent creating content, could have been spent doing something else besides working with one person. You don't get rich on a one-to-one ratio. You get rich on a one-to-many ratio. And so you have to touch as many people as possible. If I'm only touching one person, I'm only making one income. I might as well be working for a job. And that's why jobs are wealth prohibitive because you can only get money from one source versus when you open yourself up to the world, now you have unlimited customers. I told somebody today, I was like, there's unlimited customers on the internet. You can never run out of customers on the internet. And somebody else is like, you have to always be promoting yourself because you're new to somebody else. And so I just, I'm trying to do things that are going to accelerate me getting to the next couple. Like I tell people, everything that I'm doing is million dollar oriented now. It's not experience oriented. It's not learning oriented. It's not exposure oriented. Everything is million dollar oriented. And so I'm finding ways that like, for example, I think we talked about this in the last podcast where it's like, I can hire a model to be a better model than I would be, which is going to then get me more sales, which is going to then allow me to focus on being more of a CEO instead of trying to be a model. And I feel like in a lot of ways, Dame Dash kind of makes this mistake. I was like, Dane, you shouldn't be actors in your own movie. You should be getting the best actors in your own movie. It's like Dana Chanel and them always say, it's like, you don't want to be the best store. You want to be the best mall where the stores are. And so I'm trying to step back and take a more producer mentality and less of a, a talent personality. So it's like, I go get a podcast host. I go get blog writers. I go get all these different things. And I'm like Lior, like Lior Cohen. I think I actually learned a lot from that podcast. It's like for you to be wealthy in an industry and nobody knows who you are, that's wealth. Wealth isn't when you're a celebrity. 
Wealth is when you make celebrities. So you got to put people on. You got to create people because what happens is they're interchangeable. You own the system. They come into your system. And so I'm trying to get to that space because that's when you start getting like million dollar levels, billion dollar levels. Uh, another thing that I'm trying to do is like, I was like, you know what? I don't want to be like an analog business. I got to be like a digital business. I got to be an internet business. And that's why I'm more focused on digital products because you can't blow up doing stuff the old way. You're not going to get to billions that way. And this is why changing your name is so important. Oh, you froze. High billion level. I'm not even thinking like the small stuff. I'm completely, I'm like, I don't even want to look at Detroit homes anymore. I don't even want to look at this stuff anymore. If I'm not looking at how I can build something, I'm not even, I don't care. And so it's like, you really do have to change your name because you start stepping over stuff that you might've been spending time on. Change your name. All right. I like that. So you, you said there's many similarities between Master P, No Limit, and Suge Knight Death Row, two successful black business-owned record labels. Ownership of the master recordings. Visit GetLacedLaces.com. Do your sneakers look just like everyone else's? Could your sneakers use an upgrade? Be sure to slide on down to GetLacedLaces.com and grab some premium laces. These laces will make your sneakers stand out guaranteed. That's www.GetLacedLaces.com. Premium shoes need premium laces. Go get yours now. You can also connect on social media at Principal P DMC. Own your stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the one similarity between them two. When I was watching the Death Row Chronicles on the BT, um, at, they mentioned that Suge Knight had the, the master recordings. And I didn't even I never even heard that before. I knew Master P, but I didn't know Suge Knight had the masters and all that too. I mean, this is what made them rich. Control over the stuff that you create. Like I'm surprised that this isn't like this isn't bigger right now. That people are still in this day and age. Even Taylor Swift recently had to buy buy her own stuff back. I, I thought that was everybody thought that was crazy. That somebody that big, that much influence, had to buy back her her masters, and she didn't have control of it. But we gotta if we're creating the content, we have to own that content, and that's the problem. You keep seeing this with black people on the net, especially black women. I'm not picking on black women, but you see it a lot with black women. They say you people stole art and stuff that we started it's always like black women started this thing and then the other people ran with it and made money off it you keep seeing that, that girl with that dance I forget what the name of the dance was like a 14 year old girl I forget oh, Renegade yeah Renegade and then on fleek yeah she started dance and then other people ran with it and people started complaining oh you give her credit and this and that it's like first of all it's a dance give her props for creativity and all that but it's hard to yeah. own it that was funny how they made a big thing out of that they like they like made her go on the all-star all-star game and everything <laughs> yeah she's on like ellen yeah. But I feel like the problem is a lot of times we don't know our value and our worth. And so we give it away. And there are even people who look like you who will come to you and say, who do you, why do you have the audacity to charge for these things? Like, it's mm-hmm. just a dance. It's just this. Like, who are you? And then you see some colonizer, they're going to find a way to monetize whatever they got to monetize. I feel like in a lot of ways, that's why a lot of people do get taken advantage of when they run into people is like, they just wanted to be famous. They didn't even want to be rich. And so they passed up on all the money in the front. Cause they're just like, bro, I just got to get famous. And so they got into a shitty deal and they let somebody else put all the money up. And then they took that L on the back end and they, they, then they're looking crazy. It's like, I feel like we have to look at, uh, there's a, a common misconception. And the misconception is this, we see famous people 
after they get famous and we're like, well, why would this famous person let somebody take advantage of them? Not why would this no name person who was looking for a come up take a bad deal or take a deal that made sense for them in their current situation? They didn't know they were going to blow up like that. And a lot of times these rec- re- these uh, these like producer companies, whatever, they're putting their money on a bunch of different people. So it's not just you. So it's like they can't afford to go all in on you until you prove that you are worth it. Um, so it's just interesting. Yeah, it, I was just wa- I was watching a little bit of a um, a YouTube video. Um, Raekwon from Wu Tang was talking to this guy Steve Rifkin from Loud Records. I don't know if Loud Records still exists, but they were talking about is, a, is this is twenty fifth twenty fifth anniversary of Raekwon's um, debut solo album, Only Built for People Link. And he was talking about he was he appreciated this guy for for believing in him and what's not. And he said, "You fought for me to get that five hundred thousand dollar deal." And like the white guy was saying, like he even got arrested because I guess the people at the record company didn't want to give Raekwon that big a deal. He like threw a, wit- a chair out the window and all kind of crap, whatever. But and Raekwon said, "Thank you for that because if you had given me a hundred thousand, I would be so happy. I just wanted to be heard, you know." So just like you said, yeah, like you said, if somebody's a nobody, nobody's heard of them. We just want to get on. But I feel like that is why we have to kind of know these things because you can't get outraged. You just got to improve. And I feel like so many people, they take the victim route. They take the, Oh, they did this to me instead of doing what master P did. They try to give master P a crappy deal. And he was like, no, I believe that I'm worth more. And so it's like, there's this compare. There's like this, this like there's two sides to it and i feel like knowing what you're worth is one of the most important things um because it's like when you know what you're worth people are going to pay you what you're worth and if you don't know what you're worth you're going to get paid less than what you're worth and then they're going to take the excess they're going to take that upside from you and you're going to be pissed off there's a profound quote about knowing your worth but i can't think of what it what it was i had it on twitter at one point in time if i'm gonna find it but we could keep rolling keep rolling so you said Key to black wealth is get out of California and New York. Um, That was uh, an old tweet that I just retweeted. I was doing like a search on uh, uh, on like my my higher engagement tweets. Right. And I just I still believe that it is true. I just feel like California is very, very over overpriced. Um, They're starting to realize that as well as people are leaving. And prices are coming down and they're having to discount rents and all this stuff that they thought that they could just continue to run it up on people. People like California ain't all that. It's really not all that. Athletes and professionals move here, but it's not all that. And so, I mean, I've just seen it happen for a lot of people. A lot of people that you see that are doing well on the internet live in lower cost of living states. Like people live in Philadelphia, people live in Texas, people live in um, Atlanta, which is a lower cost of living state. People live in um there's another one I'm missing, like Michigan, lower cost of living state. And it's like, you can take that income and stretch a lot further. And then not only that, being in California and in New York, but more so California, the way that our government is run, um, they, they kind of tax the hell out of businesses, which doesn't allow businesses to really pay people all that well. And so if you want to retire your wife, just leave California, problem solved. Yeah, right. I mean, cost of living is a big, big wealth hat. Biggest, biggest um, expenses, you live in expenses, mortgage or rent. And rent in New York, I mean, I'm not familiar with California, but New York, 
you're paying two or three thousand dollars for like a studio that's like the size of a closet and it's crazy i mean if you guys don't know new york prices you should watch million dollar list in new york this used to be one of my favorite shows yeah i, I like this still show. on and it's funny i can really get with the los angeles version because i don't know it's all houses but the apartments in new york and they're going for like 10 million for an apartment yeah and the la one isn't this good the LA one isn't as exciting. The New York one is just like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah, that's good for inspiration. That, that shit. And the views, too. Like, they always have, like, these great yeah. views. Not a lot of views in California like that, unless you're by the water. Yeah, it's like maybe you see a big house on top of a side of a mountain or something. But, yeah, I never really got into the LA ones too much. Because California is overrated, man. <laughs> yeah, but you're not leaving. Not because I don't want to leave. I do want to leave. Oh, uh, all right. Say no more. Oh, you're at the office. You're not at home. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna overhear what you said. Uh, so you said, "Look at you waiting on a second stimulus." Then you could be out here creating your own stimulus. Shaking my head. Yeah, I saw somebody um, tweet. I've been seeing a lot of people talking about like second stimulus bills, mm-hmm. and I just feel like it's the wrong focus, man. I feel like we're doing that thing where we wait on the hopeful free thing instead of focusing on the 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 reality of just putting in the work and creating something that could potentially be bigger than that free thing people have come to me all the time and at first place they kind of tweeted like tongue-in-cheek like oh yeah you guys are out of waiting for a stimulus check you can be out here building a stimulus check and people come to me all the time in the dms like bro i've been getting a stimulus check every week from uh doing what you taught me how to do and it's just interesting because when i like when like you get that check, you tend to kind of blow it on nonsense. It doesn't really, cause it, it didn't cost you anything to get it. So you just blow it. You don't preserve it. You don't grow it. You literally get it and it's gone. And so you didn't improve because you didn't have to do anything to get it. And then also you didn't retain it because you didn't have to do anything to get it. And that's why I'm anti a lot of all these government programs, anti a lot of these like assistance programs because they actually set you back. They rob you of the potential skills you could be getting. And they also rob you of just knowing how to preserve the wealth that you attain. And I just, I don't want people to get so caught up in chasing that free stuff that they just wait around wasting time. People do it all the time. Instead of getting out there and hustling and building a business, they just wait for that tax refund. They're like, well, my tax refund comes here. I'm a blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you realize like in order for you to get a tax refund, you had to be broke all year. So you're willing to be broke all year to get $6,000 so you can buy a TV. Why not go out there and hustle and just get a TV because you just hustled. It just doesn't make any sense. Like brokenness should not be a financial strategy, but so many people, that's what their strategy is. Like, I'm going to just be broke. That's my strategy. And it's because that's what they know. And that's what the people who were like anti-paying taxes are saying. It's like, uh, I don't want to be, ta- I don't want to pay taxes. I'm going to just be, be broke because I, I barely have enough money to pay these bills. Now I could only imagine if I had a tax bill on top of that bill. They don't realize like you get, it goes hand in hand. You get the money, you pay the taxes, but you still got the money. You have the money to pay the tax. You have the money to pay the accounting. You're talking about blowing money. I mean, when you get it yourself and it comes time, somebody comes to you, wants you to buy nonsense. You're like, man, you know how hard I had to work for this? Right. It's like, nah, I'll think twice about that. Yep. Yep. I'll keep my money. I'll double my money by folding it in half and put it back in my pocket. Yep. Thank you very much. You said all the people we celebrate now got slandered when they were coming up. This is very important because a lot of people who are hustling are getting slandered. And that's why I bring it up. 
because it's happening now. And so I would just tell somebody, if you're out there and you're creating, you're doing something different that doesn't look like just being a broke bum or being a little B, they're going to be making fun of you and laughing. They're going to be talking crap. It's interesting because like when I first started charging for people to be an affiliate, people were like, oh my God, you're charging for that. And they didn't realize I created a whole other source of revenue, a whole other source of revenue. It's another source of revenue that pays at least a thousand dollars a week. And it's just crazy. It's like, When you start banking on you, and that's what having a son did for me. I see people say shit and I just ignore it now. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. All I got, I got to make sure Nolan Oglesby is good and a big middle finger to anybody that gets in the way of that, like two middle fingers. And so I feel like I forgot what the tweet was because I went off on that. What was that tweet again? Oh, the people we celebrate now got slandered. Right, right. And so like specifically like Master P, even to this day, every time he comes up with a new product, it gets met with slander. We slander new because it doesn't look like what we understand. People had never seen Kanye do what he did, and so they slandered it. People had never seen Elon do what he did, so they slandered it. People had never seen Jeff Bezos do what they did, so they slandered it. And so my advice to people is get slandered. Let them talk because they're going to be making fun of you, and then later on, they're going to be asking how you did it. And that's why I said, I was like, in a lot of ways, people think I'm wrong. People will look at me and they say he's wrong because I'm not doing what everybody's doing. I don't want to do the obvious because I don't want to end up like everybody else. So it's like, I'm not going to fit in because I don't want to end up where y'all are. We have different goals. Like we talked about in the beginning of this show. So it's like, I'm aiming at something way different. So if I'm aiming at something that's different, my life is going to look different. If my life looks different, much like kids, they make fun of what is unique and what's different. They're like, oh, what is that? And then you look up and now it's the style. Most people don't realize things when you're ahead of them and then they got to catch up. It's like Dame Dash says, he's like, he smokes weed so he can slow down because he's so far ahead of people. They got to catch up. Uh, And when you're like an innovator, when you're a business person, you have to be out ahead. You can't just be out here just like doing what everybody else is doing, going with the status quo because the status quo has already been taken up. Everybody who's making money in the status quo is already making money in the status quo. So you can't really try to hop in and play their game because they already beat you. They already are ahead of you. So you got to get ahead of them and whatever, whatever the next opportunity is. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do. It's like if certain avenues are getting crowded, I got to move. And I'm not, I'm, it's not like I have to move because I can't compete. I'm moving because there's no wealth in competition. There isn't any wealth in competition. And I, 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 I used to wonder why I believe that. And then I was reading uh, Zero to One. And he was just talking about like competition kills profitability because now you start pushing down your prices or now contractors and wholesalers start increasing their prices. So there's no money left over for you. And so when I see competition, I go the other way. It's just no money there for me. I need to go find the next opportunity where nobody else is. And at one point in time, that was Detroit. And now it's not. It's too much competition there. So I got to move. I'm thankful for what we acquired while we were there. And I think going forward, what I'll do is if when I find that next blue ocean, I'm going to go all in on that blue ocean as opposed to just kind of dipping my toe in on that blue ocean because I know they're going to find my opportunity if it's an opportunity. And usually it is an opportunity. And they said, apparently we can learn dance moves and all the lyrics to the latest Money Bag Yo song, but options trading is too complicated for the Negro. Yeah, it's just, I was, I was on a consultant call earlier and I was just talking about like all the people who have had success trading options. And it was impressive to me because I was scared in the beginning. I was like, man, people might not get this. People might lose all their money, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, maybe we're actually more competent than people give us credit for. Maybe we can actually do more than people think that we can do. And we can get options. Like some little linky white kid isn't more intelligent than us. They don't have more swag than us. 
Like we're just focused on the wrong stuff because we've been flooded with the wrong stuff. Thank God for social media. I can flood your timeline on people making money in options. And so you'd be like, well, let me check out this option stuff. I ran into a guy today, random dude on the street. Like I never know who's going to recognize me, but he was like, Hey man, he was like, I owe you a cigar and uh, some scotch, man. He's like, man, he's like, I'm up like $13,000 today. He was like, over the last three months, I made $70,000. And I was like, that's crazy because there's nothing we can't do. Any space we get in, we kill it because we're just that much hungrier. We're that much more determined. We're that much more resourceful. We're that much more driven. The thing is, they hide these things from us. And I don't blame them. But the, the problem is, we have to stop assuming that because we don't have access to it, we're not being exposed to it, that we can't do it. And so I just feel like we're creative, we're innovative. We are at the at the front of everything. And the same can be true about options or investing or real estate. I'm, I'm pretty sure we have some of the best real estate wholesalers out there. Like, I'm pretty sure we kill the game compared to these like little corny white dudes running around in polo shirts. Like, I just, I think we have to bet more on us in ways other than the obvious. We can't just be like, oh man, well, we've always done these things. So that's all we can do. Like, no, we've also done some things they don't talk about. We've also owned insurance brokerages. We've also owned investment firms and still do. We've also like all these things that people think on the grand scale that we can't do are already being done and they're being done well. Even with like Tulsa Real Estate Fund. Like I think one of the things that Tulsa Real Estate Fund maybe shouldn't have done is put themselves out there as like the first black because they're not the first black. There's a lot of blacks investment funds out there. There's a lot of black real estate investment funds out there. And so it kind of casts this shadow of uncertainty on them when in actuality, we can do it. And we think we can't because we just don't see it. We think it's rare. Then Ray J had some like e-scooter, e-bike, big deal. I never see that brand though, whatever it was. I heard about the deal, but I never heard anything about it after that. Yep. One tonight. Yeah. Yes. Be on the lookout for the Black Man Building Wealth Conference Part 2 coming in October. For sure. Make sure you get that bag from Views, Red, or Tan. More products coming soon. Which one's coming next? Is that the garment bag or the, 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 the bag? The garment bag. bag. Yep. The garment bag is coming. I got to put the order in for the uh, the thing. I'll probably do it tonight for my backpacks. I'm about to do another giveaway. So I'm going to give away maybe like five or ten bags and get those out in the streets. Get more yeah, people wearing the brand. It's so funny because I was mm-hmm. I was thinking about how like that's how you build any business. Like you build a finance business by doing giveaways and you build a product business by doing giveaways. So that's how we're going to do this. That's how we're going to accelerate the process. Samples, baby, samples. And if you're listening to the podcast and you've got yourself a views bag already, put the pictures up. Yeah. Let's see it on Instagram. Let's see it on Twitter. So you can find the views brand on Instagram at views lifestyle underscore. We'll look out for, like we said, the Black Man Building Web Conference part two coming soon. Charles and Andre Hatchet and more special guests to be announced shortly. You're on the lookout for the Reeks course coming from Todd Capital soon. On the lookout for the uh the Don't Be a Little B, start a little business ebook coming soon. Yeah, go to Todcapital.co, get the courses, man. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me, Raphael at Work Money Life. Follow Charles at Todd Billion. Follow us, the podcast, on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles at Todd Billion on Instagram and also at Todd.capital on Instagram and also at Bless a Black Man on Instagram. Follow us, subscribe to the podcast. 
Give us some reviews of the podcast. It's funny. I saw somebody left a review for the podcast. They would give us two stars, but then it's the actual the rating was two stars, but the the review he said, "Man, this is one one of my favorite podcasts. The podcast is great." I'm like, why are you giving us two stars? That's weird. Maybe he thought two was a good thing. <laughs> Maybe he did it by accident. I don't know. Give us a review. Subscribe to the podcast. Get your money. Let me leave you one last tweet from Charles. Remember this. One thing you could never have is too much promo. <laughs> tweet talk. We are out. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is Donald, the voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast, featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so, without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is: head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.